like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt-Santee, and for this episode, I've got Sam with me again. Hello. Hello, Sam. Sam Balch. Sorry, I should tell everyone who you really are in case they are. should know who I am at this point. Well, that's what I think, but you know, maybe this is someone's first episode, so. welcome. We're glad you're here. (laughs) We'll ease them in. Um, Sam's here, guys. Um, So we are going to actually dig into a quote from Lisa Murphy's brand new book in this episode. So the book is Lisa Murphy on Being Child-Centered. And this is the quote. Let's just jump in. We didn't even small talk or anything. No, we don't need no small talk. All right. All right. Um, Okay. So here's what I I want us to talk about. Being child-centered is hard. Being play-based is hard. It requires endless amounts of understanding, empathy, observation, and a willingness to leave your own ego and issues at the door. The end. And then we drop the mic and the podcast is over. <laughs> shortest and episode ever. Everyone just ruminate on that. Get back to us in a few days. Let us know what you're thinking. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll guide you through some discussions about it. Yeah. So here's, here's what I thought when I first read that. Um, because I, I have a very complicated relationship with the idea that teaching is the hardest profession in the world or, you know, teaching is the most, not to devalue, but a lot of times the people that I hear talking about how difficult it is to teach young children are talking about that because of the inconveniences of children's behaviors or um, they don't have time to cut out all the little pieces they need for all their activities. And those kinds of things are why it's really harder. They're going home at night with things to color and cut out. And, and so it's cutting so this was just a really interesting switch on that for me. Yes. Um, because I, I, I think in that case, they're, they're making it harder than it needs to be. Um, right. They're making it hard in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but I think what, what Lisa's talking about is the more, more the mental effort and energy and the self-control and the, the self-awareness that you have to have to really be play-based and child-centered. 
And I think, I think for a lot of people that might be new to this term, play-based or playful yes. learning, um, which is another term that I know Lisa really, really likes, mm-hmm. is this, a lot of times you can come with this idea of that it's, it's Lord of the Flies and they, they just yes. do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, so yes and no. <laughs> yes, we want to, as Maria Montessori would say, we want to follow the child um, as our homeboy Vygotsky would tell us about children learn in the social context. We love those things. Right. Um, as Dewey would say, like that's, we need to be looking for the child's interests as they construct meaning of the world around them. Mm-hmm. At the same time, as the adult, we have a big responsibility in that. It's child's, you know, playful learning, play-based doesn't mean the teacher's job isn't important or vital. It Mm -hmm. very, very much is. And when Lisa talks about requiring these skills of observation and listening and empathy, you you have to be on that Mm -hmm. all the time in order to realize what the children are thinking about, trying to learn about, working to make sense of. And that can be really kind of confusing because it can, a lot of times what we're doing is we're turning this idea of who is the teacher and who is the learner on their head, right? Because a lot of programs, I know um, my undergraduate experience was very much, you are the vessel of knowledge and you Uh pour it into the child who is empty and the oppressed. Then <laughs> right. And you are the pedagogy and you're pouring it into the yes. oppressed. And you pour it in and then that's how they learn by you doing things. And instead we are saying, wait, stop. Mm-hmm. Let the children play. Look for the themes that come up in their play. Ask them questions about it and find where that leads you. Mm-hmm. That's a lot trickier. because It really is. And you, you can't just do a Pinterest it. search for that. You, really you know can. what? The other thing that I think is um, is more difficult about this is that it's not just looking for activities and putting them on a plan mm-hmm. and then doing them and being happy with the children who participate and unhappy with the ones who resist. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's it it's a, it requires a lot deeper knowledge on the adults' part. Um, right, and, and I think, I, and and I'm not saying that I think you're stupid if you do an activity. Oh. I'm just trying to sort of paint the two extremes mm-hmm. um, that we're you're talking doing, about. You're here. doing what you know. You're doing what you were taught. And just be like, if you are a person that goes in every day with a set of activities planned, you probably still love those children to mm-hmm. death and want to have a relationship with those children. If you're taking home shapes to cut out every day, you know, and you're tired all the time and you talk, you're the kind of person that talks mm-hmm. about how hard this job is. It's because you love it. Like you love being around these people. I don't think a lot of people are like sitting there cutting out like fish shapes out of spite. Like, (laughs) ah, cutting out these damn fish. (laughs) Because they sit on their couch watching Netflix. Um, I don't, at least. To be honest, (laughs) when I first started working with young children and I had a a group of two-year-olds that I was working with, um, well, actually when I first got promoted to lead teacher and I had my own class of two-year-olds, um, I, I enjoyed taking things home to color and that's why I, I did it. So I, I, I mean, I'm, but, but I also never like, Oh, I'm right. I'm a martyr to this, this role I, I've taken on. I as, do. I do want to honor like the emotional connection. Yeah. A lot of times people have to these sorts of activities. Like maybe we did them as children or we've been doing them for 20 or 30 years. Yeah. And 
we like the joy that comes with them or we like the memories that they bring back for us. Like it's not a bad thing to want to have those experiences yeah. with children yeah. or to have, or to, you know, say like I made hand turkeys every year. I'm making a hand turkey this year. I'm not a bad person. For right. It's probably not going to do a whole lot of damage yeah. if you do a handprint turkey. Exactly. It's just <laughs> recognizing like, is that in the interest of the child? Right. And is like, that the deepest that, that, experience that you could, that you right. could support for them? Did that spring from the child's brain? Probably not. Yeah. You could have. I don't know. You could have a kid who's like really interested in hands and turkeys. And yeah. Like, yeah make this, yeah. And this is a genius idea. Yeah, so I'm doing um, uh, the class that I'm taking right now. My last class, hooray! Woo! I think I'm three weeks away from done. Um, yeah. Any, and I'll be done by the time this airs. Um, but anyway, so everybody come to my party, my graduation party, <laughs> December 14th. Just come on over. Okay. Anyway, um, so this this semester I'm doing a it's like an action research class, and and oh. it's you know we're just we have to pick a an action research project and do it and write a paper, you know, write a research paper about it. So I've been uh, learning more and diving deeper into schema theory, mm. schema play theory, I guess. Is that, and there's a new book, I think, by either Deb Curtis and or Margie Carter and or Angelo. Oh, it's, it's Deb Curtis and Nadia Habanetta Nadia, who were on Nadia, the podcast sorry. a month or so ago <laughs> to sorry, talk knew, about the book. Some combination yeah. of the people who run in the same circles. <laughs> yes. It's, it's those harvest resources <laughs> folks. Um, uh, although I think they don't, they don't call themselves that anymore. No. They've changed Whoops. again. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's a good book and uh, it's figured heav heavily into this process. But one thing that that's done is really helped me um, solidify ways that I talk about uh, supporting children's interests and mm -hmm. and providing for what I see them exploring um, rather than here's my idea for what they might do with this stuff if I put it out. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I mean, I felt pretty confident in my ability before, but I, I do schema schema theory has really helped some of those behaviors and interests that we see in young children um, has helped me see it more deeply. Mm -hmm. um, and I think those behaviors and interests. So for, for people who might be listening and are like really unfamiliar with what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, instead of thinking of September as when we learn about apples, because September is apples. That's right. the way it has been. Mm -hmm. Right. So it is written. Right. Um, instead, if we see a child who keeps like jumping off of a surface and going down below or keeps mm -hmm. using a ball ramp, mm -hmm. like, that's the interest we're trying to tap into here. A schema theory deals a little bit with that sort of thing. Right, we can't listen right. to Heather's or episode about it. Dumping um, and filling or yeah, transporting and toys. And, it, yeah. I once heard um, it's a focus on the verb and not the noun. Yeah, that's a good and way to talk about it. That's a helpful way for me to think about it. Yeah, so and they, they do that kind of action in multiple different contexts. Contexts. Yeah. So they're... They're not just experimenting with dump trucks, although that may be a big piece mm -hmm. of it. They're they're filling and dumping or um, in in multiple areas. So it could be right. sensory so, table. It could be um, in the art area. You yeah, know, just just emptying the glue bottle could be mm -hmm. a dumping. You know, part of that. Mm -hmm. um, so schema. going back going back to Lisa's quote. Yes, that like if we if we kind of take this lens of schema theory almost. Um, 
that's really where this work gets hard Mm -hmm. because it's no longer September apples. Let me do a quick search. What are some things we can do with apples? Oh, great. We're going to make apple stamps and then we're going to do A is for apple. I'm going to read these three books. Instead, you've got more of this abstract idea of dumping and filling and dumping. (laughs) And it's like, um, okay, so like a lot of times you might start with this sort of idea of, okay, I'm going to follow their interest. I'm going to look for the verb. The verb is dumping, filling, dumping. What the, what the hell do I do now? Mm-hmm. Because there's not a checklist of activities you can do. And you're like, we have now learned everything we need to learn about dumping. And now you may proceed to kindergarten. Mm-hmm. It's much more abstract. And in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, it's a much more deeper interest than that. Yeah. It might not and- just be about the action. There might be something that's happening. There might be a memory yeah. that they're going yeah. through. Like, it takes a lot more observation. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, which, and, which sometimes our response is when we see a child's sustained interest or repeated interest in something, um, sometimes our role is to just sit back and allow them to play it out mm-hmm. um, and not add anything to it or not plan anything about it or to try and understand it and try to help other people understand it right. and that's or at least recognize to... it. And that's where, you know, at the end of that quote that we started with, she, she mentions ego. I was you know, just going to say that. And I think that's where that kind of fits is we, we have to understand that sometimes to be child-centered means they don't need us. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, especially going back to the way you might have learned or you might have been taught how to be a teacher, mm-hmm. that can feel really uncomfortable, this idea of, what do you mean they don't need me? Like, no, I must, I must give them all of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be okay if you don't run over to them and start talking about, oh, look at what's happening. If you put it up here, then the ball's going to go faster down the ramp. Like, you can... Uh-huh. You can just sit there right? see what they do. And then if they come to you, you might make a suggestion. Or maybe the next day as you're preparing the classroom, maybe you add, let's say you have a ramp. Maybe you add something in the middle of the ramp. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you put the ramp on a different surface. So mm-hmm. you've changed it a little bit. Um, you might have heard like provocation. Like I yeah. would consider that sort of a provocation of learning as opposed to an activity. So you kind of put out an experience that they could have. Right. And then just let them go. Sure. Which, which is that, um, stage setting role of the teacher Mm -hmm. that, um, Elizabeth Jones and Gretchen Reynolds talk about in the plays, the thing, um, where you're just making sure that the, the things are available for them to continue Mm -hmm. what they have, what they've shown you they're interested in. The other thing that I, Oh, go ahead. That is another reason why this work can be very, very hard Mm -hmm. because you might have one week where everyone's really interested in ramps and you, you're like, yes, now I've gathered all of these things for ramps. And then the next week it might only be two of them that are still interested <laughs> in ramps and everyone else has moved on to jumping off of things. Yeah. And you're like, well, now how do I, what do you mean I have to change the materials in my room? Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you go by like a weekly, monthly curriculum, you're like, ah, I have all of my apple things. And next I will have all of my fall leave things. Right. And next I will have all of my fall clothes. And, and I'll have so much time next of September because I'll already have all this stuff. Exactly. And yeah. oh yeah, it's like day to day, week to week, year to year. It's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. You get a better feel for it. Like even in the, you know, admittedly very small amount of time that I have been like cosmically speaking, that I have been um, <laughs> doing this sort of work. I feel more comfortable with it. Uh-huh. I still have a long way to go before I know, and that's, I think, part of it. I, um, I was writing a 20-page paper that I definitely procrastinated on, but did submit on time. Uh-huh. Um, Good. And I, I was reading um, 
oh, something about postmodern perspectives in early childhood education. Um, <laughs> light reading. With, yeah, just light reading with Peter Moss um, mm. and a couple other people. And at one point, they, they said in the book, um, completion oh. is not part of the vocabulary. Oh, that's uh, interesting. This, this idea that the, the journey of learning how to be an educator, how to facilitate learning, you're never going to feel fully comfortable in it. Uh-huh. And nor should you. Right. Because that's, that's what we're here to do. We're here to keep learning about it and keep learning with the children and keep figuring out the best ways to support the children in our care, which you know, is one of NACI's core considerations. What do we know about the children in our mm-hmm. care right now? Yeah. They're going to be different than the children that were in our care a year ago and probably children different than the children that were in our care a month ago because children develop very rapidly. Yeah. Their lives change. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, so the, the class that I'm teaching this, this semester, um, their final assignment is, uh, which is a state mandated assignment. It's not one oh, I made up, nor that I have any control over. Bummer. Well, I, I can have some, but anyway, the, the final product has to be a themed lesson plan for oh. the period of a week and they have to present it, you know, to the class. Um, so we were talking about it last week and, um, most of the people in my class have very limited or none or not limited or non experience, right. um, when, with th- thinking about lesson planning or ha- being mm-hmm. responsible for planning for a group of children. And, um, so I've, I've told them, you know, there's, there's requirements like they have to have different content areas represented. Okay. Yep. But I've told them that they can't have anything on the plan that isn't there because of something they know about development typically for that age or because of something they know about the individual children they're planning they're for. Snapped, by the way, like we're at a poetry slam. Like, yeah. yeah. So, and they're, they're really struggling with it. I mean, they're trying, they're not arguing mm-hmm. with me, but that's just such a foreign idea to them it that is. we don't just do a search for preschool activities and fill in the boxes. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to help them see that this helps them make sure right. that it's really no. about the children that are with you and not about oh. you as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. This, this just came to my mind again about this ego. And I'm so happy yeah. like we've included ego as part of this because yes. I don't think we talk about it enough uh-huh. as early childhood educators. Um, this, this idea that children are citizens with rights yes. and be treated as such. We, we don't do things at them or to them. We do things with them. Mm-hmm. Um, many times we do things for them. I was going to say, um, sometimes for them. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like getting things down from high shelves. Yes. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Not cutting out their shapes to no, go no, on no. the paper. Like if, they, if you're like, I need that. Then you're like, yeah. okay, I'll okay. go get that for you. Um, yeah. Like that. And that's not common in American society. Right. This idea that children don't have to just be bossed around like they're not mm-hmm. something you pick up by their neck and move them to another space right. um that's that's kind of foreign for a lot of people because that's not necessarily the dominant discourse mm-hmm. um in america or in american education Absolutely. um i mean if you like sit there and think about the way like even like an elementary or middle or high school schedule works like it's, it's kind of like shuttling from place mm-hmm. to place much like an assembly line yes <laughs> i was just gonna say <laughs> look up how to mind the image <laughs> influenced classrooms it's fascinating (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so this this idea to to break away from that Mm -hmm. but especially to break away with that uh from that with two-year-olds and three-year-olds and four-year-olds and five-year-olds that's not a common thing to do so Mm -hmm. if you are wanting to do that that is a very brave thing to want to do that is a very admirable thing to want to do know that you are embarking on something hard but also 
there are many, many people, um, you know, whether they are teachers or profess like professional researchers or whoever that that are that support this practice yeah um around the globe like this is you're not yeah. alone and it's it's another that. another element of what makes it more difficult to be child-centered and played-based because you're going against the current a lot of times you very much are. and you have so much unlearning i know i had a lot of mm-hmm. Unlearning and, yeah. and on several episodes with several co-hosts, I've talked about the idea that we were we even with the best of intentions and good training and solid philosophy, some t- it's so easy to revert to our school memories and teach yep. that way. And so it requires self-control and self-regulation if we want to throw out a buzzword that we usually is targeted at children and target it back at ourselves this time. <laughs> Um, to to shift in this way that we that we know children will thrive in, yeah, and that that's that's so hard. And I think yeah, one of the one of the other things that's that's hard about it is, in addition to everything Lisa says, this also requires um, for me at least, and I know a lot. I, I'm sure you would agree at least somewhat. This uh-huh. this requires the the de- this requires a delight. Like yes. You have to want to do this mm-hmm. and you have to want to be here yeah. with these children. You have to want to go through this sometimes, if not often, painful process of checking your ego and issues at the yeah. door and saying, that didn't work. Yeah. Uh, or saying, <laughs> oh, I definitely just like went back to something that I was taught that I know is not suitable yeah. for this group of children or any of the billions of other things you might do wrong or, in a day. Right, exactly. Or in your best. Because we want to do it this way and we believe it in this way, it might not feel like hard work. Yeah. We might not realize all that we're putting into um, taking this approach. It's, you know, those uh, the self-reflection sometimes makes it difficult. And Emma Tempest and I just did an episode this afternoon where we talked about being kind to ourselves in moments <laughs> like that. Oh, that's good. I need yeah. that. Episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, I, I think there's, there's times when we may not feel like we're doing the hard mm-hmm. work that, that Lisa's describing because of our passion. Right. Um, but then right. there's other days like you're describing where we just are so hard on ourselves for each little thing or each misstep or any time you step sort of away from what you say you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and using those as, as learning moments for yourself and reminding yourself yeah. I'm here to do this hard work because uh-huh. of, you know, whatever other personal reasons you have. And because I love these children, I yeah. delight in these children and their experiences and their relationships and their interactions. And mm-hmm. I want to be here as they go through their day <laughs> and, you know, whatever else it means for you. In addition to, you know, making a tiny little paycheck. <laughs> right. Right. That's another pod. <laughs> Aside from all the other glamorous aspects yes, of the, our the job. Rich, the rich and famous lifestyle that you can <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, oh, I lost my thought. You oh, have something okay. you want to talk? Do I have something? Yeah. Um, does your does your house guest need to say anything? Oh yes, by the way, listeners, I have a guest. Kiri, oh. <laughs> have you any thoughts? Um at this moment. <laughs> this is not moment. But listeners, just so you all know, Carrie is a wonderful, fantastic teacher. I've been working with her since for about six months now. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get her on mic eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, someday. Um, 
and she like she's like been so lovely it's really great to oh, if you yeah. are not in a school that believes in this playful learning child-centered etc cetera, etc cetera, so on and so forth vibe yeah um, know that i feel for you yeah. <laughs> know that if you have the opportunity to find that place it's off the chain mm -hmm. like it's it's so good because like we were in my car discussing or her car rather on on the way to my house discussing things about child development and things about yeah. school because that's what you get to do with people when you're with people who enjoy their job and delight in their work and you delight in your work that you, sounds amazing yeah you get to do <laughs> things i had all the other day i was on the train with my boss who took the train with me one day i was like yeah uh -huh. it's fine i have a train oh, okay um and we're, we're chatting um, about this uh, seminar I've been to the past weekend and some things that were coming up. And as, as she gets off the train, um, the uh, lady who's been sitting next to us says, I just want you to know the way you talk about children is so beautiful. Ah, and it that's made wonderful. me so happy. And I, like, I started to cry. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, did you cry? I would have cried. <laughs> this is really this yeah. Is, you know, we talked at the top of this episode about you know, in many ways, this is the hardest job in mm -hmm. the world. And in many ways, it's not. And we can argue about that all the time. And but, I mean, for one, it's not a contest. Like, I don't no, want anyone to get in the comments on this and be like, how dare you say I don't work hard? That's not what you we're work saying. Hard. Just have an sign up note. You work hard. Sign. <laughs> yes. Like you do. Yes. I give you permission to say that you work hard. And, but to, and to know it's not that a contest. when you speak about children in this way, on the train, on your commute home, and people hear it. Yeah. That's advocacy. That's, that's that's really fucking good, man. Like, sorry, now you have to put the E on the this episode, unless you like. I think Jeff that. just puts the E on every episode now. I think <laughs> he got tired of picking one. and choosing. Like, oh God, it's a Heather episode. <laughs> yeah, and he just puts it on all of them. And uh, but it's like just keep like I guess I guess my my one piece of advice for someone that yeah. might be on this journey trying to figure out okay, you know, it's hard work. You know, these things are happening. Maybe you're not at a center that's fully supportive or your center starting this journey to more of a playful learning perspective. What do you do? Keep talking about it because yeah. A, that's going to challenge your own ideas and reinforce them. You're going to be able to talk more about what you believe and why you believe it. And those ideas are going to resonate with people, yeah. whether they're total strangers or they're your colleagues. Yeah. And these ideas will start to stick out. Yeah, in the in the book she outlines, I think there's nine characteristics of being child centered, um, and so there's like, I'll I'll call that child centered with a capital, <laughs> capital C. But I think, and and it's, she's you know of course she's brilliant. She's got it. She knows True. what this is. But I think yeah, if you are in a um, in a situation where you don't feel like you can be child centered with a capital C and all of these things all the time and you're forced to do these little activities, um, you know, crafty kinds of things mm -hmm. that, that, uh, don't work for every child in that moment. You can choose, you can make decisions based on what's going on with the children during that activity and what they need from you and who's interested and who's not. And, and you can be child centered in that little space of your day. Right. You can, even if you don't feel like you can be, capital capital c child centered if that makes yeah. sense because it's, it's all a journey it's all a progression yeah like yeah you, you, you have to you have to do what you can with what you have <laughs> and when and now that you know better 
You can do better. You can do better. Just yep. know that you might not be able to do better 100% of the time right now. Whatever your unique and context is. None of us okay. do. Because there's not like... Except Lisa. Yeah, except Lisa. <laughs> but like the... the we, the child-centered police, um, yes, are not, right. not going to come after you for like, you're not doing it all the time. Like we, Yeah, we're not going to make you throw your badge on our desk. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you're, you're on this journey really, like, as, as Lisa says, like, you, you need to commit to doing this mm-hmm. and you need to commit to the knowledge that you're going to get more knowledge and you're mm-hmm. going to get more practice. Yeah. And that's also really hard. For a lot Absolutely. of people I know like me, I'm like, no, I must be very good at this now or else all like, the <laughs> time, right? Every decision must be perfect. Yeah, no, I, I I'm I'm like that in like every element of my life except interacting with children. <laughs> no, right, right. Right. Um, I mean there's definitely times when I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that, but I, yeah. I'm getting really, really comfortable being gentle with myself in those situations yeah. and understanding my own humanity. <laughs> exactly. Nobody, I say this a lot, nobody teaches outside of themselves. Uh-huh. Like you, you come from yourself and your own experiences. Like you need to honor those things. Yeah. Work through those things. Yeah. Okay. But you give me any other element of my life and I can tell you all the ways <laughs> I screwed it up. Um, uh, did you remember your thought? Did you have it? I no, a- it's gone. I just have given up hope on that one. It'll hit me at like three o'clock this morning, tomorrow Perfect. morning. You just jot it down. I'll jot it Add down. Show notes. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put it in there somewhere. Okay. Any last thoughts, Sam, on this idea of being child-centered and play-based being really hard? It is really hard, but. It's really worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. (laughs) And I I mean, I would add this, of course it's worth it for the children. And we're saying Mm -hmm. that we believe in it because we think it's, it's what they need and deserve. But I think it's also um, a good space for adults to be in. It it so is. Yeah. As you you described. It's worth it for yourself as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Worth it for them. It's worth it for us. We could talk about how it's worth it to society, but like, eh. Sure. And I, Nobody cares interested. about society on a yeah. Wednesday night. No. No, no, that's more of a Friday thing for me. I don't know what that was supposed to mean. <laughs> Except this is the sixth podcast I've recorded today, so I think I'm just out of ideas. All right, perfect. I'm out of original thinking. Uh, <laughs> so thank you, Sam. Thank you. Uh, have a good time. Sam's going to to Mexico to do some cool things that we'll have her on to talk about. Oh, I would love that. Another I would love episode. to talk about the things. So then, then yeah. to tease the things I'm doing. Yes, tease uh, your thing. To, te- to tease the <laughs> thing I'm doing. <laughs> I, I will be going down with Carrie, who is the guest at my house right uh-huh. now. Um, and we will be serving at an early childhood space specifically for migrant children. So we'll be there for five days. Um, I can give you more information about it when I'm back talking about it. Um, yeah. It's a really, really gorgeous important project that if i talk too much about i'll probably cry sure so, so you note- you come to terms with that and then when you're back in the states we'll record about it let's do it okay That's thanks great. sam thanks everybody for listening we'll see you again bye. bye that's the show now go get your nerd on has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.